Unless you've been living under a rock, you've probably been hearing a lot about the stock market lately. Millions of people are beginning to invest for the first time ever. And we're realizing that the financial system should be built to work for us. That's why Robinhood is creating real human education resources, truly digestible financial news, and a platform that lets you invest in your own way, on your own terms. The next generation of investors is already here, and it includes you. Robinhood. Investing is risky. Robinhood Financial, LLC. Was that great value Kool Aid? Did you pull out? Yeah, blasphemy. Blasphemy. This ain't Kool Aid. And I'm like, what do you mean it's not cool? I've been drinking this my whole life. You know, this doesn't change my. What are you talking about? This ain't Kool Aid. This is this is Kool Aid. I know this is Kool Aid. What up, world? This is Anthony Roberts, host of the Reality Is podcast, where filtering becomes extinct. Today's episode of the Reality Is is brought to you by Spreaker. Listen to the world's trendiest podcast or create your own on Spreaker. Today's episode is also brought to you by the W brand, where the motto is all wins, no losses. So go support the brand by going to www.thewbrand.com. So I'm tripping over here. You know, the podcast is a real podcast. I always talk about authenticity. I didn't bring a laptop. I don't have an iPad. I hate looking at this little ass phone trying to get my notes and it just fell off the table. So y'all bear with me. But for real, on today's episode of the podcast, we have entrepreneur, journalist and founder of the Black Detour online publication, the homie Jay Colby. How you doing today, man? I'm doing pretty good, man. How about yourself? I'm doing good, man. I can't complain. In the studio, you know, like I told you, man, uh, for the listeners, we talked earlier. I found out you lived in the Dallas area, which is where we're located at, and I wanted to bring you into the studio. So our, our interview got pushed back about an hour and a half. That's my fault. So I'm apologizing to my consultant. I'm sorry. Do you forgive me? I do. All right. Uh, Mike, I'm sorry. Um, this is his studio. Do you forgive me, brother? Turn your mic on. I know you. Oh, yeah. No, you're good. I got nothing going on today. So All right. Good. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. So, Jay, man, I do appreciate you, man, for taking out the time uh, to, to call in and be a part of the podcast. But the reason the, the way I found out about you is Saturday morning one day I'm drinking my coffee. You know, I'm trying to bounce back from inebriation and I see a publication where we were uh, 11 podcasts that you should listen to in 2018. So I was thinking to myself, blasphemy, who? wants to listen to our podcast which i do think is a great podcast but i was like man this is dope i was excited about it um, my consultant brought it to me and i was like hey this is dope let's check them out and let's see what we could do for them so jay Kobe, man how did you find out about the reality is podcast so basically we were just doing research and trying to find which podcast we wanted to feature and we didn't want to do like the mainstream black podcast or the black podcast who have like a lot of following we wanted to pick the people who more grassroots who want to need that upliftment you yep. know just to help help them so that's what we found your podcast we listened to a few episodes we thought it was dope excellent different you know than most podcasts not just the regular old podcast is different so yeah. we wanted to add it to the list man i appreciate that we appreciate that so i know that you're a writer and you went to Prairie View A and M. That's one of the predominantly or big one of the biggest HBCUs, especially here in Texas. Um, is 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 going to an HBCU and going to Prairie View? Is that where you found that writing bug, or did it have to after co- happen after college? Actually, I figured I want to be a writer when I was probably like fifth grade. I would say yeah. by fifth grade. 
But then once I got into middle school into high school, it wasn't cool to be a writer. You know, like it's not cool to be a black kid talking about you want to write all the time. So I really kind of lost that. But then as I got older and I got basically finding myself, then I got back into my you know first love. And I was about to ask you that too, because I was like, how's important? How important is it to find yourself as early as possible? Because I knew growing up, like I love sports. You know, I was like a, a jock, but I was a little weird. You know, in the clothes that I wore and the things that I do you know, or, or did. So first of all, I'm glad you find your way back to writing. A lot of people, I know Artesia, she's sitting there in the studio. She loves to write, wanted to be a journalist. But of course, people always tell people like us, uh, and, you know, in journalism, there's no money there. And as black people, yeah. we always shoot to try to make the most money because lots of times, most times we come from a poor family or a poor background. So first of all, what did you major in in college and what was it like going to HBCU? Well, I majored in communication, and it was great going to HBCU, feeling like, you know, at home, basically, like, all your people around. You know, and learning that it's a lot of different black people, because I remember I had one experience, if I could tell real quick, like about Kool-Aid. Because when I grew up, I thought Kool-Aid was anything in a package that didn't, you know, didn't, don't have to say the word Kool-Aid on it, just got, you know, it's Kool-Aid. Kool-Aid. It could be great value brand, it could be anything, that could be Kool-Aid. But yeah. when I got to college and interacting with different people, it was like, I pulled it out, you know, finna make the Kool-Aid, and they like, this ain't Kool-Aid. Was that great value like, Kool-Aid did you pull out? Yeah. Blasphemy. Yeah, and like, this ain't Kool-Aid. And I'm like, what do you mean it's not Kool-Aid? I've been drinking this my whole life. <laughs> you know, this doesn't change my life. What are you talking about? This ain't Kool-Aid. This is this is Kool-Aid. I know this is Kool-Aid. I've been having Kool-Aid. I know. The, but, you the know, whole time. Different things like that. Guess who, guess who didn't have Kool-Aid growing up? And they sitting right here in the studio. My consultant. Oh. The person that had never had Kool-Aid. When, what was your experience like for Kool-Aid? You was married. Yeah, that was when I got married, and he made some Kool Aid, and he was like, "I drank Welch's grape yeah. juice." <laughs> Bougie, <laughs> Welch's grape juice is a luxury for Negroes in the hood. Yeah, you don't get that. So I know. Uh, did you ever have that experience when you graduated from the HBCU? Because I know she was. Uh, she had me watching an episode of Blackish mm -hmm. uh, the other day. Do you watch Blackish? Yeah, I've seen a few episodes. But it was an episode on there the other day where um, Anthony Anderson was talking about when he went to Howard and how he loved it just like you're saying, but he had to adapt back to the real world after he graduated to where it was like, it ain't just all black people in position of power and black people, most black people yeah. aren't rich, you know, and, and come from wealthy families out in the real world. So did you have to, you know, have any of that transition from being around all these black people to like a culture shock of being back in white America after you graduated? Yeah, like, basically, I kind of got a little jump start in that because my older sister didn't go to HBCU. She went to Texas A&M. Okay. So, like, learning from her and her telling me, like, kind of how it goes in corporate America because she works in corporate America. So she kind of gave me, like, a little breakdown of how you got to, you know, switch up just to change, you know, when you go back to that. And yeah. it was, a, like, an eye-opening experience because being around a lot of black people, you kind of get comfortable, you know. You kind of feel like you could be more yourself than yeah. you can when you go back, like you said, into corporate America. You feel like you got to be on eggshells for a little while to get comfortable. Yeah, no, I definitely understand. So the Black Detour, how long has this been? How long has uh, the Black Tour been around? Detour been around, and also, what concept did you have in mind when you created this platform? So basically, the Black Detour started off as a so just on social media last year, April last. It's been a year now. Okay, it's been a year, April last year, and it started as a publication since January this year, January first of this year. That's when it started as that. And so basically, I started the Black Detour. Cause I was just tired of seeing the images of how black people was portrayed in the media and not only just that,
but also wanted to inform black people on issues that we're facing on a daily basis. Yeah. And we don't always talk about like deeper issues because if you check out any of our social media or our website, you'll see that we, we don't just talk about, you know, entertainment or just the regular, you know, what people talk about. We talk about deeper topics that, you know, kind of open your mind and make you think. How important is that so to that you? And the reason I say, oh, that's reason, very important. but I ask how important is, is it to you? Because I know most people who listen to my podcast or like the podcast, like you said, the number one thing that they say is it's not your traditional black podcast, because for whatever reason, the shade room and, you know, no shade to the shade room or other publications like that. But it's like anytime black people want to create something that's in the limelight, it's about hip hop. It's about reality TV. Yeah. It's about righteousness, ratchet, ratchetness and righteousness. And it's like, I, I think it's harder for people like me and you to kind of, you know, get out of that lane and try to show or evolve into more than what, you know, black people. Sometimes we try to say, you know, society is putting us in a box, but a lot of times we're putting our own selves in a box. So how important yeah. is it to you to keep doing what you're doing and informing us about multifaceted things as opposed to just one thing? Oh, it's very important because it was a time that I wasn't informed on a lot of things that we talk about, right? So I, I don't come from a background that I just knew all this information. People was telling me this as a kid. Like, I had to search it on my own. Yeah. So I feel like a lot of people don't even know a lot of information that we talk about and things that we discuss. They don't even think about it. They just going through their daily lives, going to work, being sad at home, tired of their wife, you know, the same old thing. So yeah. we wanted to bring in different things so people open up their minds and be like, okay, this is an Maybe I should do this. Or maybe we should think about black people in a different light and maybe... Yeah. I should do something in my community and want to give back in their life. Most definitely. So what keeps you going, bro? I know I've been doing this for about five years, and at least twice a year I want to quit. So you've reached your first year. Have you wanted to quit yet? No, because uh, I feel like this is my purpose in life. Yeah. It's my purpose to help my people and be there for my people because I'm living my life for my people because yeah. I didn't make that decision maybe a couple of years ago that I, I'm dedicating my life to other people. I ain't dedicating my life to just me anymore so you know my life is for other people so you won't date no white women no hey brother no, that's strong man you ain't got to say certain no, bro. we brothers we equal man so <laughs> when, when, that no. but when, when you think about that so let, let's if you don't mind me diving into that so when you what are your oh, thoughts ahead. on dating interracially i feel like for me personally if you love your community and you want to be all in for your community you should want to date somebody like your community help your community not to say that if you date somebody outside your community you cannot help and cannot get back but you have to look at yourself and see why do i really want to date this white woman am i dating a white woman just because i love her and she a good woman not because she's white or am i dating her i have a complex in my mind yeah that i feel like i'm dating this white woman because she's, she's something better, better or she's or better than a black woman exactly. she look better yeah. or she's just because she's white yeah just because her skin and that's so crazy because I, I, I and I definitely agree with you. Now, I've dated white women. I've slept with white women. And, you know, hey, but I feel what you're saying in reference to that, because we had a friend. I had a friend of mine on the podcast and he was saying that when he thinks about building a black family, he thinks about the future, you know, and he thinks about um, like some kind of creating like mental wealth and health to our communities, because like you say, First of all, it's not a lot of brothers like me and you really trying to pour back into in the community without an agenda yeah. to get something out of the community. So I definitely yeah. agree with you and, and, and I salute you for doing that. Uh, I also like the answer you gave in reference to why you wouldn't do it. And it's not no pro-black, anti-white, you know, statement. It's just about nah. self-empowerment and being pro-black and loving your sisters and your community. And that's one thing I want to add, because a lot of people think of the black, these we pro-black, and we we pro-black people, we're against white people. Yeah. We're not against white people, we just for the empowerment of black people, because we've been so, you know, 
at the bottom for so long. Yeah. So why not try to pull us up and try to, you know, just to, you know, be on an even playing field. Yeah. But and, a lot of people getting their feelings about that, you know. Yeah. And I think it's important to do that, too, in, in the black community for two reasons. For one, yes, we've been held down by societal norms and societal rules for so long. And it's a lot of niggas out here that is brainwashed. What do I mean by that? Like they think that it's nothing wrong with a lot of the hip hop that's out. Now I listen to hip hop, but some of it is a detriment. I do watch certain movies, but some of it is a detriment because if your IQ level is not high enough and your intellectual capacity is not wide enough or broad enough, you're going to look at these things and these things will control your life. I can listen to hip hop music and know I'm not going to go out and kill somebody and fuck 20 bitches and cheat on them and lie and beat them and whatever. But it's like, you know, I listen to the music because it gets me going, but I know how to separate the two. Yeah, and that's and that's the thing we got to do. We got to listen to what these people are saying. We got to listen to the lyrics. Do they really care about the black community? Do yeah. they really care about us? What they saying? What they really could really listen to their words that they're saying? Yeah. Do they really care about us? Because they really don't. If you yeah. really listen to the words that they're saying, and it's dangerous too, this. because it's a lot of rappers that we as we found out over the last two to three years that they're rapping about drugs and stuff. And you're not selling drugs and people are saying you never sold drugs. Then you got dudes rapping yeah. about women and uh, drugs again and this and that. And it's like you got a college degree, motherfucker. You went to college, <laughs> but you're talking yeah. about drugs and making paper. So it's like you said, you really got to be able to listen to the music, decipher it. And the end, and they got this thing called Google that you can go out and check and see how many degrees these rappers yeah. got and see that they never was in the goddamn hood. They hand never touched no, no. white. They hands never touched no green. They ain't <laughs> never fought nobody. None of that. So yeah, I think what they just doing, lying us and, and and you know they just per, you know just going on with this stereotype about us and then saying what they'll do. They'll say in a song, "I'll kill any nigga who stepped like who didn't even look at me wrong." Yeah, yeah. You know, so you got to think about what that really what that really means about what they saying about you as yeah. a black person, a black man, or one who think about what they saying. Yeah, that's true. What type of <laughs> stories inspire you, bro? Like what gets you up out the bed? I know for me, it's times where, you know, I smoke. So sometimes I'm smoking and I get up in the middle of the night and I'll text uh, Artesia and or I'll leave her a message and I'll be like, hey, tomorrow, this, 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 this. And she may wake up with like five messages on her phone for me about what to do and what I feel like is next and best for this this brand that I'm trying to push. What are the stories that get you out of the bed that you just can't sleep and you can't wait until 7 or 6 a.m. to do it? Just those stories, it sounds sad as it may be, them stories of brothers and sisters getting killed out by the police. Yeah. Just keep saying that over and over. Just keep driving that I know I'm doing this for a reason. I ain't doing it just for myself, for my future kids, or for future kids who coming up in this generation. Yeah. Who is bigger? It's bigger than all of us. Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. So, where do you? So, who inspires you to write? Do you have like a favorite writer or publicist or favorite? Somebody, my favorite writer is a writer from D.C. named Demetria Lucas. I would say Uh that's one of my favorite favorite writers but overall i just read different things you know the greats because like malcolm x and like you know different things like that but i just try to pick up on different literature just to you know expand my mind you know more so so i got a few more questions for you but before before we get ready to get out of here what like if if you had to tell talk to a room of people and say hey if somebody said who is jay colby how would you describe yourself I know it's hard to talk about yourself but that's a question i like to ask because it tells what you think about yourself I think Jay Kobe is somebody who is not only giving his life, his time, his effort, and everything he got to black, the black community. Somebody who doesn't care what he has to do, doesn't, won't even matter if I have to follow somebody, if I have to do something, travel this way, I will do what I have to do for my community yeah. if it's helping them in a positive way. Most definitely. So anything I can do, that's that's what you know. That what defines me. 
So with your platform, you always write about empowerment and you inform things of that nature. A lot of times when you do that, especially from the black community, you'll get a lot of support. But what do you do or how do you keep going when you're getting that negative feedback? Because I'm sure with you writing about societal things that are happening, you're going to have that negative feedback. Oh, yeah. You're going to have that black person that's like, oh, this shit ain't going to never fucking change. Why are you still writing about it? Or, yeah. oh, hip hop is cool. You don't worry about it. Or you're going to have a white person that's like, oh, but y'all kill black people. Well, y'all black people killing each other. So how do you deal with the negative feedback that may come your way? I just ignore it. At first, I did used to read the comments and stuff when we first getting started, but now since we get so many comments and so much response, I don't even read that stuff no more. I don't even want it in my, my psyche, you know. Yeah. I don't even want that to get in my mind anymore. So people say negative things, I just scroll past it or I let, you know, maybe other people part of the team may read it, but me personally, I don't. You, you know? stay away from it. Most yeah, I don't, don't want to know about it. So we're going to have you back in the studio. We're going to have you in the studio sooner than later. But before we let you go, man, what are your goals for Black Detour? What are you, you know, what purpose do you want it to serve to the community and as it grows? Well, the goal for the Black Detour is to eventually become, you know, me actual media company where we have like, you know, regular teleclass and just be something for the community that can watch and see national stories, local stories. And we're just covering the stories that's true to us and not going off the mainstream media is how they portray us. Most definitely. And mostly a negative light. That's so that's true. what, you know, the ultimate goal is for it to be. All right. So where can they find you on social media before we get out of here? You can find us at the Black Detour, you know, just T-H-E, Black Detour. If you can't spell that, then you might can't find it. But you, you don't that. need to be looking for it if you can't spell it. <laughs> <laughs> if you can't spell that, then you'll not spell black. I don't know. I, don't, I can't. All right. So be sure to keep up with all things The Reality Is, man, by going to www.therealityis.com. That's T-H-A, therealityis.com. Also follow us at The Reality Is on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. You can also listen to previous podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, Spreaker. And we've just been added to iHeart, <clears throat> Radio, Sonos, Amazon, and more. If you would like to be a guest on the podcast, be sure to email us at info at therealityis.com. And last but not least, be sure to leave us a rating or review on whatever platform you listen to us on. We don't care if it's a good review. We do not care if it's a bad review. But, uh, Jay Colby, man, before we get out of here, I want to say thanks for calling in, man. Again, I apologize about the mix-up, and I look forward to seeing you in the studio soon, bro. No problem. I appreciate it. All right, not a problem, man. You have a good one. All right. All right. And to the listeners, man, y'all always remember to inhale courage to excel success, and we'll check y'all on next week. Uh, but before we check y'all on the next week, we got a little podcast coming up with the homie Britt from Atlanta, Georgia, of the Bad and Bougie Miles podcast. So stay tuned. She nearly rocks up. <laughs> News 4 at 4. We're working for you. An inside look at the local COVID vaccine trial for kids. What children reported days after getting the shot and how it could impact the timeline of kids being vaccinated. Today at 4 p.m. on NBC4. Tonight, it's the Voice Live Rounds, and Nick Jonas wants his first win. Let's get this done. Who's got what it takes and whose dream ends here? Watch live and vote to save your faves. The Voice Live Rounds, tonight on NBC. 
Today on News 4 at 4, we're working for you. An inside look at the local COVID vaccine trial for kids. What children reported days after getting the shot and how it could impact the timeline of kids being vaccinated. Today at 4 p.m. on NBC4. Tonight, it's the Voice Live Rounds, and Nick Jonas wants his first win. Let's get this done. Who's got what it takes and whose dream ends here? Watch live and vote to save your faves. The Voice Live Rounds, tonight on NBC.